0: Episode 5 of Carpe Noctum. I'm Dylan Shoup. I'm Dylan Kiefer. And we're off to a great start tonight. (laughs) Sure. Duck, Duck, my cat, was just... out of my face. He was just rubbing against Dylan. Dylan doesn't like to feel anything positive in his life, so he was shrugging and... I just don't like cats. What's wrong with this cat? He's being so friendly... You just raised your hand Look at him. Oh, now he's petting his head. See, Dylan's, he's hes coming around. No, I'm not actually. Come on, man. Look at I'm him. I'm trying to
1: appease the gods so they don't strike me down.
0: That's fine, too. As long as you pet my cat when he wants it. And clear. Look at him. What a good boy.
1: Okay. I, will, I will also like to point out that Duck has a collar with a bunch of ducks on it. Yes. I don't think he likes that part.
0: I think that's one of his favorite parts. (laughs) An aptly named animal. Uh, Speaking of which, I'll start off this episode with a happy announcement. Today is Duck's homecoming. It has been one year today since he came home and left the Humane Society. And it has been one hell of a year. So I'll drink to that. Speaking of which, what are we drinking, Dylan? I'm drinking water tonight. Uh, yeah. I'm not in a drinking mood tonight. It's a damn shame. Eh, not really. I, I'm well, upset about it. Why are you so upset about because, it? Because, you know, I don't like drinking alone. But
1: you do it all the time.
0: Doesn't mean I like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm drinking a Sierra Nevada Torpedo Extra IPA. So, uh. Dang, that's. Getting lit tonight. Oh, yeah. It's the second beer I've had today. (laughs) I'm getting.
1: I'm going crazy. I know, I'm going crazy. You should watch out for him, Duck.
0: Duck knows. Duck has seen the worst of it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. I think that's that's your favorite part about Duck when he stretches like that and sticks his butt in your face. Yeah, not a fan.
1: I'm going to stick to dogs. I, I much prefer dogs. Well,
0: You ever get a dog, bring him here. I, and
1: I want a dog. I want a dog so badly, but it's one of those things where I know I don't have time. Yeah. Well, that's for why a dog. I have
0: cats. They're low maintenance, lower maintenance.
1: True, but dogs just love you more.
0: My cats love me plenty.
1: Oh, but you can cuddle a dog so much easier.
0: I passed out earlier today, and Doc was right next to me when I fell asleep between my legs, or well, next to my leg. And uh, he was right there when I woke up. So. Right when
1: you woke up and forgot we were doing a podcast tonight.
0: I didn't forget, I just didn't. I slept longer than I meant to. <laughs> Been a rough week. <laughs> anyway, all right. You had something you
1: wanted to talk about. Sure, I'll start off tonight since I'm the one that's the most awake at the moment. True. So and you're not drinking. I'm also not drinking. I don't know why that constitutes me going first, but <laughs> you're not. You're not drunk. You're just anything. You're just you're you're drowsy.
0: Oh, whatever. Roll with it, brother. Anyways,
1: so. As a single guy living by himself, it's become very, very apparent that when you go to the store and you wanna buy groceries, all the groceries are packaged in a way that's meant for like a family of four or a family of five. And so whenever I try to buy food, I always end up not using and having to throw out a good portion of it just because there's just no reason for me to have that much. So if I wanna go buy, you know, Stuff to make a quesadilla. I have to buy enough stuff to make a quesadilla where I'd have to eat a, a quesadilla for lunch and dinner for a full week almost in order to use all the stuff. But I don't want to eat a quesadilla every meal for a week. Sure. And so it's difficult because the portions are so large whenever you buy in the stores. But I only want enough to like eat for like, you know, a day or two. But instead, I have enough food to make one meal for like half a month.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I'm not. I don't know if this is your fix. Probably isn't. But um, some of the some of the uh, serving sizes and packaging sizes of foods at places like Whole Foods and natural grocers, you're paying about the same. Well, not as much, but. Uh, Per per serving, more than you would, at, you know, like Walmart or Target. But it definitely is a smaller bag. I just think, like with the quesadilla, the the shredded cheese specifically, that there's not a lot, and the packages at natural grocers, <laughs> like it's like it's annoying for me because <laughs> then I don't ever have enough. But you know, maybe. I don't even know what they sell at Walmart. I'm so disconnected. I don't know. I don't. I mean, buy it's, cheese. From it's Lama. pretty.
1: It's even the like the smallest bag you can get. You can make probably four or five quesadillas out of it. Like it's it's a sizable amount. It's still it's more than I'll need. Sure. Uh, like same with like just everything like bread, bagels
0: cheese this is America brother We're the it is brother. so I think my my Training solution
1: my solution it's the most bachelor's solution I could probably ever come up with I'm just gonna either <laughs> buy frozen meals or eat out and I'll probably I'll probably honestly save money well maybe not I'll probably come out about net even when I buy groceries or not but I'll save a ton of food and like not have to throw anything out which I always feel terrible about because I don't like throwing away food yeah and you know, it'll just be easier for me. Like, oh, I'll heat this up tonight, or I'll heat that up. It's super sad, honestly. Yeah. It's kind of pathetic. But I like I like cooking. It's fine. It's just... I, anytime I want to buy something, it's just too much.
0: Are frozen <laughs> meals... Are they, do they, are they ever filling enough for you? Yeah. Usually. I've never had that experience. <laughs> Every <laughs> oh frozen... I'm not great <laughs> I've never had, like, a... You know, like, the full... I don't even, I don't know how much they cost. The ones that are on the higher end, but like those, like $2 banquet meals. I don't get those. Those? Uh, no, I don't. I, yeah, I, I haven't yeah, years. I
1: get, but, I get, I get, the, the meals I buy, they're not, you know, the super sad dinner TVs that you see, you know, well, that's on the good late, at least. No, I don't buy those. I was gonna, gonna say, that's those.
0: where my mind was. I'm like, that yeah, is sad, I man. I buy
1: like, uh, I buy frozen lasagnas, I have heat up pasta stuff, like you put in like a stir fry pan, you actually you do a little bit of cooking, you usually mm. get two meals out of that which is perfect for me, because mm. I can eat it for dinner, save it, eat it for lunch the next day, same with the lasagna uh, there's some other like steamable stuff that I've picked up that I like that I like eating, it's it sounds like when you sandwich sandwiches heat up meals the meals I get, they're usually pretty good I love, the, I actually love the lasagna ones, it's just, just a stove for lasagna, you just Eat up the almond, throw it in, there you go. There That's you go.
0: What about frozen pizzas?
1: I do get frozen pizzas as frozen well. Pizzas. Uh, frozen pizzas. Uh, frozen like Bagel Bites, might as well be a teenager again at this point. Honestly, pizza's uh, always good. Yeah, it's such a great choice. Chicken nuggets, corn dogs, potatoes. Yeah, man.
0: And even places uh, like Target and Aldi, they have some really awesome organic frozen pizzas. It tastes really great, and they're like five dollars each. Yeah, no, it's
1: like it is. It's super cheap. It's like six bucks. I'll get two meals out of it, and it's stuff. It's super easy. It's frozen, so it'll stay forever. Yeah. I don't have to worry about it going bad. I don't have to worry about oh, I have to eat all of this, you know, in three days. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, I have to throw it out or whatnot. Sorted. Of. So yeah, that's just kind of my rant. I I wish there were bachelor sized baking. <laughs> Cooking things you can buy, so, you know, you don't have to buy five pounds of ham. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's an exaggeration, but... it's just I, I it's, could
0: probably eat five pounds of ham. sure ham's delicious. <laughs>
1: well, so, so I, love, oh, like, I love making ham sandwiches. Uh, uh, so, like, I'll go to the deli, which is nice, because they're like, oh, I want, you know... I'll usually get, like, a quarter to half pound of ham, which is perfect for, like, a week. I'll make, like, two or three sandwiches. Mm-hmm. But, like, everything else, like the bread... You know, I get, like, the smallest one I can get. It's, like, yeah. you know, 20 slices. And then... Bread's
0: one of those things well, I always... Yeah.
1: And then, like, I'll get a bag of lettuce because I like having lettuce and cheese with yeah. my sandwiches. But, again, that's, like, 16 slices of cheese, an entire bag of salad, lettuce, yeah. and a full loaf of bread. I don't want to eat a ham sandwich every... in know, yeah. to get through all that, I'd have to eat, you know, a ham sandwich, like, every day f- for lunch and dinner for a week.
0: I would say like ninety percent of the loaves of bread I've bought in the last four years have gone bad before I used it all. Oh, same. I almost never use the entire loaf before it goes bad. Because I always,
1: yeah, I always eat all the ham because I you know I buy yeah. exactly how much of ham. Like hey, I'll probably eat two maybe three ham sandwiches this this week for lunch at work. So I'll buy exactly that much ham. Like, you know, quarter to a half pound of ham gets me through fine. So I, I can eat it perfectly and the ham's gone. I'm like, cool, delicious. Oh, I still have a ton of bread left, which I can make, you know, a grilled cheese out of with some other cheese, with the cheese. but a bag of lettuce is just, it's, it's not great lettuce to eat a salad out of. I'll be honest. It's great for sandwiches. And it's just like, well, I guess it'll sit in my fridge and I'll pretend I'm going to buy more ham this week.
0: Yes. I won't. I always love the pretending. And, I'm gonna make a salad later, and, this week. and, and <laughs> then I'll look at my freezer and I'll go, ooh, yeah. You'll forget about it for like a solid yeah. week or two, and then see it in the middle. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, <laughs> I,
1: I bought that. Uh, then to
0: use that up.
1: Throw that away. Yeah, and it's gone. You know, you there. the bread, and I'll get you know a grilled cheese or two out, and I go. I'll make I'll make one later again this week, and then I I won't because I. Yeah. I'll be tired of grilled cheese and ham sandwiches. Sure. And then it'll sit there, and then I'll think, oh, I'll make a sandwich, so I'll grab it, and it'll be a break. Yeah. I could probably throw it through someone's window, and i go, whoops, and I'll throw it in the trash instead.
0: You could start getting bakery bread and just order half a loaf. Could it's not a bad idea, though. I don't even... I don't... In this part... In this part of town, I don't... Nothing comes to mind of places that do that, but I know Whole Foods does. You can just get a half a loaf of bakery mm-hmm. bread. I'm sure that there are other places. I just I never looked, but that would save it. See the thing
1: about like Whole Foods and Sprouts. Sprouts is another Whole Foodish yeah. store. It's all organic. Very, very nice store. It terrifies me because every time I go in there, like, I'm so used to going up, you know, going to Walmart and getting, like, certain brands. Like, oh, this is what you buy. This is, yeah. like, you know, this is the butter my mom always bought, so it's the butter I did. I'm going to Whole Foods, and I'm like, I have no idea what any of this is or what it means. It's terrifying, honestly. It's I don't know what yeah, I'm buying. I
0: mean, that, that there is that it's intimidating because you don't see any of the same brands. And, you know, that is... That's part of what I actually kind of use to criticize people who won't consider other options, what you actually just said. A lot of people when it comes to shopping will just, you know, use whatever mom and dad always use, and then you start using it. Like, you know... I am I, convinced, and this is part of a you know larger discussion we could have, but <clears throat> I'm convinced that so many problems in this country could be fixed if people were more intentional in the way they spent money. And that is going to include, perhaps most significantly, where they get their clothes and where they get their food. Obviously, there are health implications involved with what you eat and how processed it is and so on. But then, of course, even the environmental impacts of where you buy your clothes, who made those clothes. I mean, we all we all know how you can go to H&M and get a dress that's less than $10. We don't want to talk about it. It's because it was used slave labor, child labor. One of the two. Yeah. Pick them. and. We all know that, but no one talks about it. That's true. And, you know, to start purchasing fair trade dress dresses or you know, certain blankets and towels with organic cotton... Just stuff like that. I mean, and I'm and I'm I'm very well aware that it's not within everyone's price range. I was going to say, I think
1: that's the biggest issue. Is, like that would be nice. I'd, well, that's the thing. I don't. But think, some people can only afford, you know, the five dollar t-shirts and sure, at Walmart.
0: I understand that, and I'm certainly not going to demonize those people. Uh, I'm not going to demonize a, a certain class of individuals who who are making their choices based purely on budget. But I wouldn't say the the issue for most people actually is money. It's most people it's actually ignorance they don't know or they don't want to think about the implications from all these other clothing brands and most of the time they don't pay more attention past oh, I was what my mom always bought or something so you know absolutely you going the Whole Foods there's probably going to be a handful of brands you would recognize and and they only just started doing that in the last few years where they started they put Cheerios in the in the cereal aisle <laughs> It's like the only thing you'd recognize in that aisle, but at least there's Cheerios. There's a General Mills cereal there. Yeah. And Heinz ketchup. Heinz has to uh, make a special ketchup without high fructose corn syrup, since that is not allowed in in any of the products at Whole Foods. But they do it, and then they like charge an extra dollar for it, and that's that's (laughs) how they come out. Head Country Barbecue Sauce. They're... There you can buy that at Walmart with high fructose corn syrup. The only place you can get it with real sugar is at Whole Foods. So there are there are those brands that you'll see that are familiar, but like you won't find Coca-Cola in there. You won't find anything made by Unilever or anything like that or Palmolive outside of some of the brands they've acquired to break into that market. I mean Colgate Palm Olive owns Tom's of Maine's toothpaste now. People don't know that. Uh, and then, of course, Unilever bought Seventh Generation a few years ago. And Clorox owns Birds Bees. So you'll see some of their s- subsidiaries represented in there, but you won't see their brands. And that's because a lot of the people go in there not wanting to support those brands. <laughs> And that, no, that's not to say that everyone who goes into Whole Foods is, is some woke shopper. There's plenty of people that go in there that do it just because it's Whole Foods or just because they think what they're getting is actually better, but they don't actually read the ingredient list to find out if it's actually better. Um, <clears throat> you know, so that, works, that obviously works both ways. But end of rant. That is to say, um, this world could be a lot better if people put more energy into making smarter shopping choices.
1: I mean, that's that's definitely true. Uh, I will say I haven't bought actually actually haven't bought a piece of clothing except for I've bought two shirts, both for work. One from Men's Warehouse, one from Kohl's, and two pairs of pants again for work. Both of them are at Kohl's, and I think that's the only clothing I've bought this entire year. Really. Except for a pair of a pair of running shoes, no I think that actually is like I got I got two I got two t-shirts because I was in because they came with the rock climbing thing I did. It was like the league shirt every year. but I didn't like go out and purchase them. It just came with the entry fee. Right. Yeah, that's the only that's the only clothing I bought this entire. I mean that works
0: too. Buying buying less clothing entirely. works, too. I mean... <laughs> honestly,
1: I have I probably have more clothes than I... I'm probably going to give away some t-shirts just because I never wear them. Yeah. But I don't need... I probably need, like, one or two more dress shirts for work that I might pick up later this year, but... Right. I probably won't buy a single piece of clothing mm-hmm. for a long time. Because I just don't need
0: them. I mean, that makes sense, too. That's always smart, too. My friend Zoe's on a minimalist kick and she's gotten rid of so much stuff in the past few weeks and like I'm not I'm I'm still a little conflicted by it because like I there have been times where I just you know look at my closet or look into a a random drawer even I'm like I don't need all this stuff I haven't thought about this stuff you know so I, I will like get rid of it somehow. I always seem to retain the same amount, no matter how much I get rid of. But um, I also, you know, I like my books. I don't have my bookshelves here yet, but that's you know, I like my books. I, I, I'm never going to get rid of any of them. I oh like no, my vinyls. I'm not going to get rid of my. Them. My
1: mom just recently she sent a majority of my books from home. It was four four of uh, those flat rate boxes, the large ones. Just filled with my books from home, and I was so happy to How get them. How much
0: did that cost for her to ship one of those? Like thirteen
1: dollars. Really? Yeah, the flat rate boxes. Boxes. If you're oh, shipping, that's right, and you shipping was books. Rate. And it, apparently, I found this out. Even shipping books is cheaper. So you can say, hey, go with it, like the flat rate box. I'm sh- just shipping books in this box. It's at a lower rate than even the flat rate. Is
0: that a fact.
1: It is. I I learned about that recently. I was like, oh, that's really cool. So it was like thirteen dollars, like per box.
0: And that counts for. Uh... Alaska too right because mm-hmm. it is part of the United States it shouldn't be but you know screw you
1: <laughs> otherwise everything would be way too expensive to even consider shipping from Alaska well, yeah, I've never was... seen my books ever again I was
0: gonna say that's one of the reasons is like how much did that cost
1: <laughs> no, it, she always does the rate boxes which are honestly living Alaska they're like the best thing because they're I'm so sure. cheap compared to using any other service yeah I'm sure uh but no, like, I, I hoard books like no one's business, and I love it. But I also let my friends read the books if whatever they want to, so I'm not, like, stingy about that. But no, it's not even, like, for my like, clothes, it's not, like, a minimalist click. It's just something I've always – I've just always been that way where I don't really care too much. Yeah. I'm like, I have a t- – like, I'm a very simple person. I'll T-shirt, jeans. I'm good to go for the day. Yeah. I, I just yeah. the way I grew up, so I don't that's, really I don't really care too much.
0: I feel like that that's my biggest thing. The the vinyls are pretty much the vinyls and books are pretty much a lifelong hobby. Those I never really feel guilty about and feel the need to well, you can also minimalize sh- with. You can
1: share them with people yeah. as well.
0: But clothing is one thing like I know I have way more than I need. But I also like having that variety. Now, granted, I probably have the T-shirts in my T-shirt drawer. I I should donate because I don't need them. I haven't worn them in years, some of them. Um, But, you know, in my closet with everything that's hung up, pretty much if it's not a T-shirt, I hang it up. I, I look in there and I see how much there is, and every now and then I see you know I'll see something like one of those T-shirts I haven't worn in months or even like over a year or something, and I think I don't I don't need that, but then the the immediate the thought that follows that immediately is but what if I do yeah <laughs> well what, what if I want to wear that one day <laughs> what if I want to wear that <laughs> and uh, and so I never end up getting rid of uh, as much as I feel like I I need to but i have a
1: few t-shirts like that i don't know if i'll wear that but i usually keep them because they're good to have if like i want to do uh like any work like painting or like yard work or like get dirty no i'll throw on this t-shirt because i don't really care about it so i have a couple of those laying
0: around as well yeah it's it's as someone who moved not too long ago me but also you you know last year you moved back here um when you move, I feel like it weighs, especially heavy. How much stuff you have? <laughs> Honestly,
1: I mine was still pretty bare. Was it? Yeah, I fit everything in the back of my truck.
0: Every time I move, I'm like, "Oh my god, I am a materialist piece of garbage." I need to, I need to minimalize. Oh. But then, I, but everything I have, I I know I I need or. It's stuff that I've spent money on and I want to use it. And maybe not replace it, but at least use it.
1: No, every... Because I've had to move... Honestly, it was more out of necessity because I was just moving around so much this last two years. I think, besides a few items that my at my grandma's house, I think... Right, even... No, I think this last time I moved everything that I owned fit in the bed of my truck, including my bed mattress. Like, you you went... Were you at my apartment, like, when I first moved in? No. I barely had anything. That's true. Like, I didn't even right. have like I. It was skin and bones. I yeah. had my mattress and my clothes and my computer. I didn't even have a table. Yeah, but put it wouldn't.
0: On. It wouldn't do that now. Now, oh, that absolutely have, not. But no, you but have. That's also because I've.
1: i you know I've added. Let's count the things I've added. I've added a couch, a bookshelf,
0: a table, right? A
1: table and a kitchen that, oh, table. Okay. Well, the thing is, couch is free. Got it from a friend. We've discussed it before. Yeah, table is free. Bookshelf is free. All those books I already have. Uh, I did finally buy a uh, TV stand. Oh, uh, nice. No. Finally. Uh, I bit the bullet, bought a TV stand. I'm getting a duo call from my dad at the moment. I have to ignore that because we're in the middle of a podcast. I'll call him yeah, back. Back, <laughs> back later. Yeah, come on, dad. I'll call him um, back later. I bought a you know six-foot foldable table. It was like 12 bucks at Target to put my computer on. Uh, I bought like a painting or two, you know, liven up the place.
0: Mm-hmm. See, I—that's about it. I've expanded in the furniture I own just because I'm at that I'm at that point where I'm just like, this is as close to settled down as I'll as I'll be for a while. After a year is up, unless I ha- have like a job offer elsewhere, I'll probably renew this lease for another year. 'Cause I don't feel like moving and there's you know, I like this place certainly enough and I don't you know, I have no reason reason to go anywhere else, so you know, I, you know when you start to get especially bigger things like furniture, you're just a lot less inclined to wanna move. Although I will say, if and when I do move, I'm not doing it myself. I'm, that's a thing of the past. <laughs> this isn't moving oh, yeah. out of a yeah because I've helped... no no that stop every
1: goddamn time. No,
0: this isn't moving out of a college dorm room anymore. We're moving into a new
1: apartment and then moving right out of that apartment into another apartment uh, and then right out of that one. you on. I like how many times have I helped you move this oh, last I don't year? Know. Like I'm four?
0: Problem? Well, not four. Close. It, probably three times. Okay. Uh... But no, I'm not. You're not doing that No one's doing it. I'm paying people. I'm paying Good. movers. Like, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm done. I'm done helping you move. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm definitely at that point where everything, everything that's in here, I don't care. It's a book. I'm not. Do, I'm not moving it. Movers. Ew.
1: Whenever I move, that couch I got for free, gone. I'm selling it. I'm getting rid of it. Uh, yeah. Who cares? <laughs> I got
0: it for free. Are uh, you really gonna be able to sell that? <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding? You see what people buy on the internet? Twenty dollars. I'm going to sell it for twenty dollars. I'm going to say, gonna "Hey, say, yeah. twenty
1: bucks for the couch, thirty bucks for me to get it to you because it's going to take me two trips. Oh, so I can okay. make fifty bucks off that couch." Yeah,
0: I love that the delivery will be more than the damn couch.
1: Yeah, it's going to work, man. Mm-hmm. Someone will pay me to do that because it's going to be two trips in my truck, and then we're going to go twenty dollars, thirty dollars for the guy to deliver it. All right, I'll bite that bullet. 50 bucks sounds good.
0: Yeah. no, will take their money on the run. Yeah, last time I ordered furniture, it was $60 for them to deliver it. Discount villains. Okay, what? Double Ds. <laughs> We're not friends anymore. <laughs> All right, I have... Is it your turn? Yeah, I have All an right. incredibly important question. For oh my goodness, what could it Like, I mean, this is...
1: Life or death? Yeah, oh, this wow. is groundbreaking. Wow.
0: Candy corn.
1: <laughs> we talked about this already. What? <laughs> when, when, when we were going to do the podcast and ended up not doing the podcast. Which part? The candy corn. Did we? Yeah. I mean, I'll will t- tell you my opinion on it again. Like we've we, never done we have never done it on the podcast.
0: No, we are. I don't so, even so remember. Okay. We we did. I'm uh, asking this because I don't even remember having the conversation. <laughs> candy corn, friend or foe? Ah.
1: It is my good, neutral friend, Switzerland. Uh, I don't... So, like, I'm not opposed to it. If it's around, I'll eat it. But I would never really have, like, a craving for
0: candy corn. That's just, like, it's okay. That's just crazy to me. Like, I... Every now and... I mean, I won't say it's, like, something I crave regularly. But every now and then I will, no matter what time of the year it is. And then when it's fall... I always have a bag in the house. Oh, always, really? yeah. And there's this bowl right here, and I have more in my cupboard. No. Oh. Okay.
1: See, like, Halloween time like this? I'm like, yeah, I'll eat some candy corn. It's Halloween. Let's candy corn. I mean, I just, there, but,
0: there are people who, like, actively hate and pretty much campaign against candy corn. I have I'm seen like, that, I
1: don't know. I don't, I don't get that. that. What's
0: wrong with you? Candy corn is so good. Like, it's a, it, I, I, I hate that people hate <laughs> I saw this meme this past week uh, in support, luckily, of candy corn, and you've seen those memes, like, uh, it's like Jesus is saying something, and then in the bottom box of, like, the cartoon, it's like, they hated him because he spoke the truth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, this one was something along the lines of, like, candy corn is delicious. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and they hated him because he's so yeah. Cool.
0: yeah. You know what?
1: No uh, Jesus is right. Like I'm fine if you don't like candy corn. I don't You're I'm not, not
0: fine. I hate you. I don't get the
1: hate for it though. It's like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be mad. It's like, oh I don't like that. I'm like, alright, cool. You know, teach each man his own. But people are like F candy corn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Why? Like, why do
1: you hate it it's so much? It's such a
0: polarizing candy, and I, I, don't I don't understand. I will defend it to the death, personally. Okay. I mean, I, I, I love it so much. I care neither way, but if you're going to come at me because I like candy corn, I'll ah. bitch slap you in the face. See, I'm on the other side. I'll come at you for not liking candy <laughs> <laughs> I mean, ever since I was a kid, my mom... Always had some in the house, especially around this time of year. And oh, I you know I was I was always just like this is. As a
1: kid, I remember in like whenever October came because it was Halloween season, there was just I always just ended up eating candy corn. I don't even remember where, remember where I got it or where it came from. I just showed up. It was just there, and I ate candy corn because yeah. well, it was candy corn. It was Halloween. That's what you do.
0: I'll tell you what. Let's let's transition into my my second topic because we're already kind of talking on it. Uh, fall nostalgia. Okay. So, that's one of the things I guess we both remember is Candy Corn showing up in the house in October. It was just, yeah, it was yeah. just...
1: it's just October hit, Candy Corn candy was, corn was at, there. It was at school, it was at house, it was yeah. in the backpack. It was just everywhere, and you ate it because it was there. Yeah. And I like it.
0: So. And there, I think, and this goes way beyond fall and Halloween nostalgia, I think nostalgia in general, there are things... Maybe as kids, you you enjoy either being there or participating in or whatever, but like you don't you think that's the end of it. And then like only when you're an adult, when nostalgia for a certain season or a certain time hits, your mind goes to that event specifically. In the moment, you didn't think it was really all that big of a deal. It was a fun thing to do or whatever. but thinking back to it, it's one of the only things that come to mind, it's certainly one of the first things that come to mind when you're enjoying it. For me, this time of year, it's always candy corn. There would always be pumpkins that showed up at our house. You know, my parents would put usually like two on the porch, one on each side of the door. Sometimes there'd be more. As kids, we always got little pumpkins. (laughs) We wouldn't carve the little ones, but we'd like draw with Sharpie. We'd draw the face, and we'd put it in our windowsill. And, uh, my my mom would always make pumpkin bread. She still does. That's she still does. I mean, for herself, but then she she ships a loaf to each of us <laughs> siblings. Uh, each of us kids still gets a loaf of the, of the pumpkin bread, and it's, and it's so good. And then every time I have it, I just immediately think of of that of that childhood. But you know, I don't know what falls are like in Alaska, but in Pennsylvania, the leaves would change. Oh yeah, you know, the weather was perfect and. And then of course on top of all this other stuff, the apple cider, everything was just so perfect.
1: Back home whenever October hit, uh, it was it's the weird thing. It was I don't remember a winter or a fall, I guess. Well they kind of kind of become the same thing in Alaska. Where it always snowed on or before October thirty first, without fail. <laughs> so we always went trick or treating in our snow seats or snow pants and like Full winter year really. because there was always snow on the ground. But no, I remember October like it is like absolutely beautiful. Like the leaves on the mountains are changing, yes. and you could tell it was coming because on one on one of the mountains, whenever we were driving to our house, there was like a like a, almost like a perfect circle of trees that would always turn yellow, for every other tree on the mountains. Mm-hmm. So as soon as we saw that circle, we're like ah, it's coming. It's fall. It's fall. It's here. Mm-hmm. It's coming. And so it was, it was like the temperatures would. I mean, they were already dropping. Right. And they were dropping quite rapidly. Uh, so it was getting colder and colder and colder. You can you know, see your breath, and basically everyone was waiting for the when the first snowfall yeah. was going to happen. It was getting darker and darker. It, it was a fun season because the air was always just so crisp.
0: Yes. Which that was, crisp air.
1: Which I really, air. really, really loved.
0: Yeah.
1: I apologize for all the munching you're probably hearing in your ears right now from eating candy corn. We're eating candy
0: corn! <laughs> it's,
1: just, it's just like a habit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and all the schools and churches, they'd be like their fall fun fling, which is basically like, you know, games and candy. Because Halloween's one of those weird holidays where sometimes it falls on a weekend, and sometimes yes. it's in the middle of the week. Yeah. So, I mean...
0: Well, I, in my town, regardless of what day Halloween fell on, mm-hmm. trick-or-treating was always the last Thursday of the really? month, And they did that on purpose, because they didn't want it on a Friday, because then the kids would get... Too rambunctious because they didn't have to go to school the next day. Mm. It's it. I mean that kind of always annoyed me. It's like f you. If I'm gonna get rambunctious yeah. on a Thursday night, I'm gonna do it. See, I'm gonna do it in spite of you. Now yeah. see all
1: the <laughs> all the churches and schools they do it uh, the the weekend before Halloween.
0: Did you guys do trunk or treat?
1: I think some places did, but it was also like way too cold. Mm, that makes sense. Because, like, no one wants to stand outside for that long. Yeah. But, like, so, because, like, so Halloween's fun. Halloween's one of, those, one of those things where I'm totally fine with celebrating Halloween, not on Halloween. Just because yeah. ma- we don't get the day off. So, it just makes yeah. more sense to have, like, your Halloween party the weekend before Halloween. Yeah. So, everyone can just have fun. It's like, oh, it's close enough to
0: <laughs> Halloween. Nice. Break my glass. So, um,
1: you, know, they, you go to the church one whatnot, and you get bags of candy, and you go home, and then...
0: See, that was not a thing, certainly, that I remember as a kid. Um, Ever since I moved here, I realized Trunk or Treats are all over the place. But it's like those churches that, like, they they almost are on that level where they think Trick or Treat is like a demonic holiday. But they don't want to spoil the fun for the kids. Yeah. So they're like, come to church and get candy rather than go around town and get candy.
1: (laughs) No, it is true. It's so dumb. It is true uh but it was also really fun so when you, when the the events that we was it was actually a lot of fun so the churches could like they'd go and there'd it'd be games that you'd win candy at but you always won so you always got candy mm-hmm. uh like one of them they had a it was really it was actually one of them was really cool they had like a spinning wheel with like little pumpkin baskets in it mm-hmm. and had beanie babies that you had to put in a catapult you'd launch the beanie babies like in the pumpkins and like you'd get however many you know You'd always get candy, but, like, the more you got it, and, like, the more candy you got. Right. It was, like, all these, like, really fun games and stuff. And the older you got, like, the group, you ended up running uh, some of these games, which was a lot of fun. It was also great because you could just take candy oh, yeah. whenever you wanted. You're like, ah, oh, I'm pretty doing a pretty good job. Grab me a Twix and just start eating. Yeah. And, like, oh, I'm break time. Hey, I know all these people that have run the game. I'm just going to walk around and eat candy. Yeah. So you just eat just tons and tons of candy, like, probably more than you did as a kid. Yeah. So, that was always fun. You just gotta, like, hang out with your friends. And then we'd have, like, you know, youth group, like, Halloween parties, which are always fun. Everyone would dress up. So.
0: Yeah. It was always a fun time of the year. You know, now that we're talking about fall, do you want a uh, pumpkin cider? Absolutely not. Why not? What? I There's like, no alcohol in it. I don't know. I'm just... Uh, mm-hmm. I'm gonna get some.
1: It doesn't sound good to me. I'm not a big pumpkin flavored guy. Like, I don't really even like pumpkin pie. Come on, man. It's just... It's not my favorite. I much prefer like coconut cream or chocolate pie.
0: I hate coconut.
1: Oh, I love coconut cream pie. It's so good. I don't know how you can hate that? No, I'm just not a pumpkin guy. I don't know what it is.
0: I'm just a. Well, then I will
1: just do this without you. All right. I also missed. Uh, so, we also had a mm. wood fireplace at our house back home, which we use quite frequently. And so, during this time, you' would start getting colder. We start bringing wood in. We should start burning the fire. And or making a fire in the fireplace, I'd just sit like in the couch, like next to the fireplace, and read a book with like the lights out Um, outside. It was it was just really really nice.
0: We had we didn't have a wood. We had fireplaces; they were decorative. We had we had a a pellet stove, wood pellet stove. Have you ever? Do you know what that is? I feel like most people don't. But anyway. Essentially, it's something you leave running, like, all day, and there's a fire inside of it, and you put in these wood pellets that essentially almost look like guinea pig pellets, just made of wood, and you put them in the back, and they just, it just dispenses slowly these pellets that keep the fire going 24-7. That's weird. Why is that weird? No, it just sounds, it's just, it's I've, so, I've never heard of it. It's so cozy it is cozy and i always loved whenever whenever it would uh, we would light it every year cuz it was always just so so cozy so toasty and it was you know it was getting it was getting cold and it was getting close to christmas with it um it wasn't it wasn't as cold it probably wasn't cold enough to start at this time of year depending on the year or, or if you would then it would There'd be, like, a couple weeks of warm weather in November where you'd just let it go out. Um, But certainly by the end of November it was lit, and it would probably stay lit until, like, January. With the exception of, like, you know, cleaning it every couple hours of every other week. But other than that, it was lit, you know. (laughs) (laughs) And that that was always special. Good old fall nostalgia. All right. It's not as fun, though, if you ask me. No. It's not like when we were kids. But that goes for pretty much everything. That's true. (laughs) You don't have that appreciation for it when you're a kid until it's too late. And you're self-aware enough to see that as an adult. Uh, What about your best Halloween costume? I have no idea, man. What? You don't, like, not one? Like, what was one of your favorites? What's the first thing that comes to mind? I don't honestly don't remember whatever I dressed up as. What? Seriously? Seriously. Not There's not, like, one year you're going to remember. I don't remember every year, but at least I have a few in mind. I think one year. I don't remember. Once I go older. Oh, wait, no. Okay. I do remember.
1: Okay. It was actually when I was older, I was helping out with uh, uh, the i was in the youth group so i was helping out with the uh, you know setting the things and running their stuff mm-hmm. and i dressed up as a mad scientist and one of my friends uh she did like lab work at like the she was doing like extra paper stuff at the university i think her dad head. actually had lab coats. i don't remember how she got them but basically i borrowed like a lab coat from her and put on like uh some slacks and like a, a shirt and tie and like made it all kind of like sloppy like wrinkled mm-hmm. like i slept in it i put like dyed my or uh Use gel in my hair to make it all like crazy and wacky mm. and have like goggles like hanging around my neck. I, like splash like weird stuff in my, my lap coat and I like act like a mad scientist. Like the, the whole the whole time. Oh, like I, like any time any kids came over like, Welcome! to you know whatever booth I was running. Yeah. And they they liked it. I thought it was a lot of fun. So <laughs> it was one of my favorite costumes I did. One year, um. me and my brother so me and my brother this was probably the laziest we ever did. Uh, we look so people think we look really really similar like when we worked a job together once they thought we were twins mm-hmm. even though we're three years apart and so we also dressed very similarly as well and i remember uh one year we each had like we were just wearing jeans and hoodies and like he had like he had like a certain he always wore i had a hoodie that i always wore and so we just switched hoodies i'm like oh i'm tyler this year he was like oh i'm Dylan this year it was just like the little oh laziest oh my god <laughs> the laziest thing we could possibly do we were just like ah oh, we don't have to care this year
0: Oh God one of my one of the earliest ones I remember um, I couldn't say how old I was it was I was young though. Uh, I was a green crayon and that I mean it is kind of like a lazy costume. It worked though I was you know it was cute. Uh, but it literally was just like this fabric cylinder I put up you know to here and then the hat was the tip of the crayon. And uh, that that was it. And All right. that's I don't know why but was is one of the ones I remember very clearly. My favorite though was actually the last time I dressed up for Halloween. It was a decade ago. T- this year, probably coming up here. <laughs> and uh, exactly. And you know, ten years ago was an election year. <laughs> John McCain versus Barack Obama. And I dressed up as John McCain. <laughs> All right. I had this suit that was definitely on the large side, uh, this red tie, and a John McCain mask. And uh, yeah, that's that's what I did. That's that was my Halloween costume. That was my last Halloween costume.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, best um, and worst of the week. So my my worst of the week. Dylan actually knows this more about this than I do. I just I just chose as mine is i uh,
0: I'll fill in some commentary.
1: Uh, I don't remember the lady's name.
0: Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth
1: Warren. See, I've been, I just know like this much oh. that she something happened between her and Trump where she tried to get she tested to see how much of a Native American she was, and she was one out of one thousand twenty fourth percent or. One 1,024th one 1, Native American, which is minuscule. I, I Like, most people in America, if their families have lived here from probably more than five or six generations, have more Native American in her than she does. I probably have more Native American in me than she does.
0: Yes. I mean, I will say, to be fair, the test she released did say it was... Six to ten generations back, so she is at least one in one thousand twenty (laughs) fourth (laughs) Native American. She could be a little more than that too. Not much though. No, not much, but enough. I mean, either way. I mean, either way, the whole thing was just dumb, and she shouldn't have released the test and. it, it is the worst of the week because it's so dumb, but almost what might make it the best of the week is that so many people criticized it, which I was actually surprised about. And there were a number of news outlets that, of course, were like, oh, my God, yes, she's Native American. Trump needs to pay up. Daily Beast did it. Boston Globe did it. New York Times, Washington Post. But after that, there started to columns. Some popped up in those same outlets, but then in other outlets... Conservative and liberal outlets, a lot of them popped up saying, "You know, she shouldn't have done this. This was actually like some form of racism. It was it was stupid what she did. It was bigoted what she did. Either way, I, that was my favorite part of it. What was so? This is one of the favorite ones I saw." It was an Onion article. Okay.
1: Uh, it says, Elizabeth Warren disappointed after DNA tests shows zero trace of presidential material.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Like that Damn.
0: I mean, this whole thing started because, depending on who you ask, she claimed to be a person of color when she applied at Harvard. Uh, she claimed to be Native American. I mean,
1: I kept, looking at the photo of her... She does not. Like, she looks like just a very normal white Yeah,
0: person. and that's what many people say. She did that on purpose because she knew it would increase her odds of, of being hired there. I mean, Harvard had her listed as a person of color. And because she, she claimed to be Native American. Um, I can make so, that claim. Yeah, well, yeah. I think uh, if she's the standard, so many people could make that claim. Majority of
1: <laughs> Americans, honey.
0: That claim. I mean, and I, she made that claim. Some people argue she made the claim just to take advantage of racial status to further her career. Maybe they're right. Maybe they're wrong. Either way, she did it. I
1: don't think she should not have.
0: Uh, Yeah, I think given her DNA test, probably wasn't a smart choice for her to do that. And, uh, And now Trump, Trump always made fun of her for it. He called her Pocahontas and yada yada, <laughs> and then and not too long ago, I the one say it was back in July at a rally, he did say, "Oh, if Pocahontas, re- you know, releases a DNA test showing that she actually is Native American, I'll donate a million dollars to any charity she wants." Well, she part of her releasing the DNA report was like, "All right, pay up, Trump." And I mean, like, there's an argument
1: there. It's like, well, technically,
0: yeah, there technically was some Native American, or some
1: Native American, but I would not call you no.
0: Native American, absolutely at all. So, no, absolutely, Trump shouldn't. pay. I mean, you know, if Trump is as rich as he claims, sure, go ahead, pay a, pay a charity. That's always great. No. But for this reason, no, no, he has no obligation.
1: No, even as even people, I think. Like, honestly, the one time I'm like, you know, like, I'm with Trump. Like, no, that's just, like, that's not what he was saying. No. Like, I, I'm pretty sure it was more like, if you are Native American, like, at least 50% I'd yeah. say like, Native, like I mean, a
0: significant
1: portion of Native American. Yeah. Not a, a one. A portion
0: where you quarter. could claim that you are actually a Native American. Yeah.
1: Like, one-sixteenth, I think, yeah. is, like, one of the legal, like, uh, like as far as, like, healthcare. Yeah, I think it's like
0: one sixteenth or something like that. One sixteenth or
1: one thirty One-sixteenth. Yeah, like it's, a, it's a like it's a significant. Yeah, yeah it's a chunk.
0: Portion, yeah. you know, it's certainly more than one one thousand twenty fourth. So, uh, so yeah, um, my so we're on worst of the week. My worst of the week is from the world of literature. There is a novelist. Her name is Joyce Carol Oates. Uh, she a couple weeks ago criticized certain writers for writing either about or in certain ways regarding race. And essentially, her advice could be boiled down to one of the lines that she said, and that is, stay in your lane. And essentially, it was, white people shouldn't be writing about black people and shouldn't be, especially if it's like a time or a period novel, they shouldn't be including certain uh, vernacular of minorities. And she, she said on Twitter, hard to write honestly about racism in America now, since if you are a fiction writer and need to reproduce the speech of racists, this speech, crude, cruel, revealing has to be softened or censored altogether. Ironically, taboos of political correctness protect racists. So she made that claim because essentially she is a part of this quote-unquote woke segment of um, the American population that is trying to... Trying to piece together a worldview that is entirely rooted in intersectionality, which is to say, almost like the more minority you are, the better, or the more minority you are, the more we can respect you and take you uh, at your word. So essentially, it's not enough. And you see, feminism is probably one of the the most obvious. Uh, um, oh yeah,
1: where if you're a man, you're not allowed to say anything unless what you say is what we agree with, and we can put you on a platform? Something along
0: that okay. Yeah, something there. And then, of course, white women. Yes. White women have to agree with us. And if they don't... Then, then they're th- then controlled they're by the white, husbands, yeah. they're white first, and women second. Yeah. Uh, the most powerful feminists are black feminists. And then what about... Unless they don't
1: agree with the feminists, and then <laughs> they don't exist.
0: And then what about uh, trans feminists? Do they The come, highest of highs. Yeah, it's like there's like... Well, the, uh, if you were... If, the... the, the, the
1: Oh, what was it, a quote? It was someone... Oh, I think it was Ben Shapiro. They actually made a good point where he was like, if the only people that can make arguments are the people that are affected by these, then we need to find the African-American native, um, transgender, mentally disabled, handicapped, in a wheelchair child because no one can say anything wrong about his opinion because he knows everything. Yes. like
0: the, yeah. it's, it's getting to that point. Wherever this individual... Intersections hence the term intersectionality, wherever they intersect with all these other minority statuses, their opinion, their experience should count most. I don't yeah. And and this this writer is saying white people shouldn't be involved in certain types of speech when they're writing, whether they're quoting other people, or whether it's a fiction novel. Where they are—it's uh, a fiction novel. Where they are, you know, speaking for minorities as as, the, as their characters, that they shouldn't—that that is some form of of supremacy, essentially. I mean, yeah. one of one of the one of the terms, <laughs> one of the terms that they use, and all of this is like pseudo academic. That's the worst of it. They act like they're so well informed and well intentioned and so smart and well connected that what they have to say is actually some form of of, of genius some form of, of high level academic speech but one of the one of the terms she and, and other and many other people have used is is ableist language it's to say that my speech, defending free speech, is ableist language for those racists or white supremacists or bigots <laughs> or whoever that are relying on free speech to be able to say whatever they want. And we're, there are too many people these days that think that language is violence. It is not, it's just their words. And that's not to say that ideas and, and language aren't powerful. But that works both ways, and it's supposed to in a liberal society where two ideas can meet out on a college campus, for example. The better of the ideas is supposed to win, but nobody wins if if everyone is just shouted down. No, that's true. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. Or or if they're not allowed to talk at all, which is what some people, I think, want. You know, they don't want ableist language to be said at all. I mean, correct me if
1: I'm wrong, but I know, like, because to the books I know people point back to, like, talk about, like, the era of slavery and whatnot. Harriet Beecher Stowe, who wrote Uncle Tom's Cabin, pretty sure she was white, was she not?
0: I don't remember. And I know
1: Mark Twain was. Mark Twain was white. Mark Twain was very white. And so, I mean, according to her, that shouts down, you know, those two authors immediately whose work are some of the more noted when talking about you know that time and understanding that time of what happened. And I mean, Uncle Tom's cabin alone. So... I think she was white. I'm pretty sure she was.
0: I never knew that.
1: I think that just disclaims her argument right there.
0: I think she was yeah. white. So that's, wow, I never knew that. That's new to me. Well, I'm, yeah, I, I, that's the thing. I, Especially when it comes to fiction writing. If you want it to be a good book... Yeah, it's going to rely on certain experiences of certain demographics, depending on, on what the book is about. And, of course, when it comes to that, that's up to the author to educate themselves. If they don't, the book might be total trash. <laughs> yeah. And, and if they don't, and people, it's widely liked, that's one of the reasons there are literary, literary crit, critics all over the place, you know? They end up having an issue with it. They can take that idea and put it in print in either a magazine or newspaper or whatever. And that's what happens. So I don't think it's racist for someone like Harriet Beecher Stowe to write Uncle Tom's Cabin. And or Mark Twain to know. write yeah.
1: Huckleberry Finn.
0: Yeah, I, I think um, when it's, it's fiction or nonfiction, it's not some form of bigotry or supremacy or violence to create a story that involves people of other races. Especially since... I mean, and, and this conflicts with the entire idea of representation, you know? Uh, that was a huge argument when it came to, uh, I think, probably one of the bigger things was including, like, black people in movies way back when, and then, of course, cl- including gay people on TV yeah. shows, you according, know? According
1: to her, the only the only time you can use a black person in a movie is when a black person has written and directed the movie. Otherwise, you can't use them because... It's white supremacy. It's white supremacy, Yeah, and so basically, the movie Black Panther should never have happened.
0: No, according Uh, to her, and uh, Will and Grace shouldn't exist unless uh, the producers and writers and directors are all gay. It's true. You know, same with uh, hell, even Glee. There's like a couple gay prominent gay characters in Glee, and.
1: But that also means that black people can't use white people in any of their movies either. No, that doesn't. That doesn't. <laughs> that's not what that means. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Uh, yeah. Same thing with. Uh, yeah. So it's. That's stupid. No, I think it's absurd. It is. I think. I Honestly. I think most people agree that that's absurd. I think it's just the, the, the few that have the biggest mech. Microphones or mega or uh, microphones, yeah, happen to be yelling the loudest.
0: Yeah, that's which that is unfortunate.
1: Yeah. So, my, my my I'll go with my my best
0: of the week then. And then on a good note.
1: And on a good note. So for the first time, uh, for the uh, so in, so I'll just start out right. Yeah, that's for the third time in 117 years, a woman won the Nobel Prize in Physics. But that's not my best of the week. The, throughout her interviews and whatnot, she's basically said, what does it matter that I'm a woman? I'm a scientist. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if I'm a woman or not. Don't call me a woman scientist. I'm a scientist. Yeah. And I won the Nobel Prize. She's so like, yes. And, like, she was very thankful. But she didn't like the emphasis. I think she at one point. She's like, I'm kind of surprised at how much emphasis they put on the fact that I was a woman. I thought they put more emphasis on, you know, the research that I did.
0: Like, no, no,
1: absolutely not. And
0: so, they need I you that as was, a token.
1: Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. So that was just kind of like my best week. were in, like she, I mean, she very much like deserved. I was agreeing like, more about her, her name is uh, Doctor Strickland. She does, I believe it was uh, lasers. Yeah. So a lot of her research uh, is what helped her earlier. I don't know if this was research it was. It was a while. It was like a week ago when I read the article. I have to remember it. But a lot of her research is what is used in laser, corrective laser eye surgery. Mm. And so a lot of her work with lasers. That's what led her and I think her colleague, I not remember his name. Uh, but yeah, she won the Nobel Prize. I was like, oh, that's that's amazing. That's fantastic. Yeah. Good for her. She's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a scientist. I just happen to be a woman. I'm not a woman scientist. I'm a scientist. Right. So I was like, oh, I, like, I don't know. I kind of like that. Because I think we need to get, we want to get away from the sexism is like, you know, don't quit saying, like, oh, she's a woman scientist. Like, no, she's yeah. a scientist. Yeah. I think that belittles them. You say, oh, no, she's a woman scientist. No, she's a scientist. Yeah. That's
0: it. Maybe we can talk about that next week. Next, it? It? I next week. I feel like that's...
1: So yeah, that was, that was my best of the week.
0: Good, good for her. There's a bigger conversation there yeah, about there how we actually correct those certain issues. Cause sure. Sure. We, we think we need to, you know, highlight the fact, oh, this is the first Muslim winning an, o- o- an Oscar. Oh, this is the first woman winning this Nobel Prize. Well,
1: never thought they couldn't do it. Like, yeah. Obviously they can It was just they and, hadn't yet.
0: And we can talk about, oh, they were never provided the opportunity. Well, that's, that's fine too, and there's a lot of truth to that. Either way, they're still... They're the scientists now, and I don't think we're doing them any kind of service by saying, oh, they're female, they're a woman scientist." Like, they're scientists. They're they're, scientists. Like, they're they're an actor. That's a uh, female. They're an actress. You know, it doesn't matter. My best of the week, and this, I hope this doesn't make me look biased because I'm not a Republican. I'm not a conservative, but the GOP this last week unleashed. Unleashed, released really they released a new ad campaign about the mob on the left <laughs> <laughs> and I just can't help but love it you know because it's so funny the, the difference you see of whenever protesters are liberal they're just protesters but if you see you know if you see white supremacists that are connected to the alt right, that the label, the media labels as people of the right. If you see them and out protesting, you know they're they uh, rioters. You know they yeah. they and you know if people are destroying stuff, I don't care what side of the political you're. It's a riot. You're, it's a riot. Yeah. <laughs> it's but a they riot. just. The, okay. okay. Alright, we're gonna move on. They just, they released this new ad and we'll just, we'll listen to it right now.
1: When they go low, we kick Someone And if you see anybody in a restaurant, oh, yeah. in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create
0: a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome. I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country. Maybe there will be. You cannot be civil with a political party that wants to destroy what you stand for, what you care about. Get up and please! Get up in the face of some Congress people. Is this the quote-unquote mob? And it it finishes there with words on the screen says, the left, an unhinged mob. You know, I I won't label the entire left as an unhinged mob the way they clearly just did. But what I think is funny there, you do see footage of of protesters harassing Ted Cruz in a restaurant or, or just this week uh, a poisonous substance was just mailed to Senator Collins' home and like two different GOP uh, politicians, I think they're running for office in certain states. They were just assaulted this past week. Just a few days ago Mitch McConnell was harassed in a, in a restaurant in, I think it was in Kentucky. Um, and just stuff like that. That That's, that's not how... A liberal society is supposed to operate, and and that's what it's come to. And, you know, I don't... I I think there's a lot of hypocrisy within politics in general, but I will say you don't see um, leftist politicians denouncing certain protesters and rioters the way that it is done on the right. Just like in this past few days specifically, Nancy Pelosi was met. By a bunch of protesters, and they, you know, they harassed her outside of one of her, I think, offices in California. They harassed her and called her a communist, and she like ran inside scared. Like that's wrong too. Yeah. And the difference is, is that 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 video was put up on Twitter. You saw, you saw politicians, and you saw uh, right leaning journalists they immediately were denouncing it saying this is not what we do this is not how it's supposed to work but you see a video of of ted cruz being harassed or mitch mcconnell being harassed in the restaurant you don't see left-leaning politicians and left-leaning journalists denouncing it no and i'm not you know i don't think that that's necessarily a deal breaker for people who want to vote uh democrat you know i'm not saying that you're part of an unhinged mob if you do, if you end up voting Democratic, obviously. But I do think this is more about just political climate and culture, and it's not it's not healthy right now. And we need both sides denouncing this unprincipled, no, yeah. inappropriate behavior. I liked the ad, though. I thought it was it was of pretty, funny it in it the was context of everything. That it was quite happening, clever. I liked it. Because I really think that they're kind of they're leaning on that, I think, for the I mean, 2018 midterms. You know they. It's a good ad. Yeah, you know, they they want people to come out and vote against the, the mob. <laughs> this mob rule that I think a lot of them, a lot of people hate. Yeah. Okay, well we will be back again next week. Yes, we will. We will. We will. For episode six, actually.
1: What? <laughs> my parents are coming into town on Sunday.
0: How about have yeah. them join us? On the podcast, we'll see what we can do. If not next week, the week after, but hopefully next week, Dylan, we'll do we'll, an, we'll figure know, out we'll, a time. We'll do a short episode. We'll figure the it after. out. Yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a, a thirty minute, yeah,
1: play by play. We'll we'll do something crazy.
0: Yeah, it'll be fun. All right,
1: thanks for tuning in, everyone.
0: Carpe Noctum.
1: Carpe Noctum is a production by Amateurs, hosted by Dylan Shoop and Dylan Kiever. Quick thanks to Bensound.com for our theme music. Join us again next time.